0: take God out of the picture, you still have evil, right? You may have gotten rid of God, but now you, you still have to deal with, well, where did, we, where did this evil come from? How do we call
1: it evil? You know, what's our hope in the future? Welcome to The Search Podcast, where we have conversations about the big questions of God and life. I'm Blaine Larson, and today we're going to discuss the problem of evil and suffering. My guest is Dr. John Hopper. John earned his bachelor's degree from Trinity University, a master's in education science from the University of Houston. That will really help you to discuss evil and suffering today, John. A master's degree in transformational leadership from Bethel University and his doctor of ministry degree from Biola University out in California. And currently, John uh, works with Search down in Houston. John, thank you for joining us today. Uh-huh. It's great to be with you today, Blaine. So this is the big topic. This might be the biggest topic. The, in my experience and even in my own life, this is the reason that I've seen many uh, people reject God, because you don't have to look around very far to see suffering and pain and and evil. And, and the way that this— Subject is is typically talked about is if there's a, a God who's who's good, a God who's all-powerful, well, then he'd want to do something about everything that's going on in the world and he'd be able to, all-powerful, creator, and, and yet we look around and things aren't perfect. Yeah. In fact, they're far from it. And so what do we do with that? And and so that's why you're here is to discuss this this big topic, and I appreciate you joining us. So, John, where do we start having this conversation? Well, first of all, I, I think this really is a big question, like you said,
0: Blaine. And I think it's a big question for people because it's very personal. So, you know, I remember being in philosophy classes, you know, as an undergraduate student, and you'd talk about these real heady things that were sort of out there, but they didn't really have any real connection sort of direct connection to your life. But that's not the case when it comes to pain and suffering. Everyone has experienced some degree of pain and suffering. So this becomes a real personal question. And so it is it is real for people and it, it can drive them away even from, from God. I, I always like to start this conversation, Blame, with uh, what I like to say is there's a couple of expectations in sort of trying to sort of sort through things. And, and one is... I, I certainly, when talking about this topic, don't ever think that I can tell people this is the why, or this is why you're going through this pain and suffering. Um, I remember when Katrina hit, so right, sort of centered really in in New Orleans, and I'm in, in Houston, and... You know, you hear some people say, well, the reason that that happened is just God was judging, you know, New Orleans. Like, I, I don't know how how you say that, right? So if God maybe wrote something in the sky, you could say that, but I, I'm just not sure how that, that, that can be. So if you're going through pain and suffering today, um, as you're listening to this, don't... Don't think that any of my answers are like, well, this is for sure (laughs) the reason why God's taking you through something.
1: So uh, just to piggyback Mm. on that, though, or ask you a question about it, so Christians don't believe Mm. the Bible answers the question Mm. for each individual personally, why am Mm. I going through X Mm. situation?
0: Yeah, I, I think what the Bible does is it provides us with some... Some general thoughts and ideas about pain and suffering. So, and here and here's some some reasons why God might take us through things, or why we might experience this collectively. But in terms of like a particular event, like you didn't get into the college you wanted to get into, or you got into a car accident, I I don't know that we can point to, you know, some scripture uh, and say, well, this is the reason why God did this. you today so so i just think that's an important sort of expectation when we sort of go into a conversation like this and and another expectation i think is so important is that that the reasons that we have for why god would maybe allow this it's not going to necessarily make us feel better even when we have those reasons so you know the mother who loses the child a 10 year old boy and you know and god comes to her six months later and says you know here's here's why i took your son to be with me and she says, "Okay, you know that might be intellectually satisfying, but when that boy's eleventh birthday comes around, she's still going to be sad." And so, I think those those are important expectations as we go into this conversation. So, um, now you brought up Blaine the idea of, "Wow, if there is a God, um, and He is all powerful, wouldn't He have the power to stop this? And if He's good, wouldn't He stop this pain and suffering?" And so, I, I think it's good to look specifically at that. Is it really inconsistent? For there to be pain and suffering, for there to be an all-powerful and all-good good God. So, um, so maybe we'll go there. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so I, I think uh, they're not as incompatible as um, we would think, the idea of an all-powerful and good God and evil and suffering. So, um, So the p- picture I like to think of is if I'm a parent and I'm taking in my child to get a vaccination— Right. Now, I didn't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, wow, I get to see my child go through pain that day. In fact, I'm probably not even looking forward to the event, because if you've ever done that, right, you, your child is holding on to you, they love you, they're smiling, and then you hand them off to the doctor, and the doctor takes, you know, this this needle and pokes it into them. And it's like the total act of betrayal. <laughs> Your child's looking at you like, what are you doing? Don't you love me? Why don't you stop this? Stop this person from, from you know, uh, giving me this shot. And yet we still allow it to happen. Even though we have the power to stop it, and even though we love our child and wouldn't want him to go through pain, we see that there's overriding reasons to do this. And even if we try to explain those overriding reasons to our children, they wouldn't understand them at that age, right? So that example just shows us that it is possible for someone to be loving and powerful enough to stop an event, and yet there still be good reasons for the event to to go on. And so perhaps that's the place for for God as well. Um, and He may not even be able to tell us the reasons because we're or sort of infants compared to him, um, so I just think that, that shows that they're not necessarily incompatible from a logic standpoint. So, um, and also I think it's possible even that the existence of evil uh, confirms that there is a God. So, okay, that's that's interesting.
1: interesting. Yeah. Oh, that. Wow, how does that work?
0: Yeah, so um, you know we don't really have a problem necessarily with with suffering. Uh, we have a problem with unjust suffering. So if somebody gets mad and they hit a you know, they hit a wall, they go through the, you know, the their fist goes through the wall and and they say, Oh my hand, we we maybe a little bit of compassion, but not really. Like they got what they deserved, <laughs> right? So but it's the unjust suffering. It's when, you know, you're just driving to work and somebody, you know, because they're in a hurry, cuts you off and now you get in an accident like, Why did I deserve this? Right? So it's when things that we don't think we should have gotten that we get that, seem, that really is problematic for us. But how do we call things just or unjust, right? So um, if we're just uh, sort of pre-programmed creatures and there's no God out there and we're just sort of uh, doing what we have to do because, you know, our DNA has programmed us that way, then can we really say that there is anything that's, that's really wrong or bad or unjust, things just are happening as they happen. So, um, so for us to even call something wrong or bad or evil or unjust, we need a sort of a standard bearer outside of ourselves that say, yeah, that wasn't a good thing, that isn't the way things are supposed to work. And, and that standard bearer for the Christian is God. And so perhaps even when we call something unjust or wrong-suffering, it's really pointing to the existence of God and not the lack of existence of God.
1: Well, what's interesting about that, though, is that it seems, just in my observation of human beings, it doesn't matter what you believe really about is there a God. Most of us, when presented with true evil, true suffering, our gut reaction is that's wrong, that mm. that's bad, that shouldn't be that way. When we're not You know, processing Mm. it a certain way, or we're we're just reacting viscerally, and Mm -hmm. and so there's something in us that seems to go. Things shouldn't be this way. That's right. Exactly. So okay. So what are some of the potential Mm -hmm. reasons? I know you're not saying these are the reasons. We're just Mm -hmm. okay. How could how could this all fit together? Why could why would God potentially Mm. allow evil and, and suffering? That's
0: right. Well, I think sort of one of the biggest reasons would be um, he, he wanted real relationship with us. So um, real relationship requires for us to be able to sort of freely give to people. So um, if, if you have a robot in your home and that robot does what you want it to do because it's been programmed to do what you want it to do, um, you don't necessarily feel any... Sort of love a real relationship with that 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 robot, um, but you do feel differently if your um, you know your spouse or your child or they f- sort of freely uh, reject you or freely um, do something sort of loving towards you. So because there's a free will that's involved there, right? So. So God, if he wanted real relationship with us, needed to make us so that we could freely respond to him and sort of show our love to him. But with that, right, he's also has to give us the possibility that we don't love him and we reject him. Um, otherwise, it's not free to begin with, right? It's coerced or pre-programmed. And so some of the evil in the world, not all of the evil in the world, can sort of go back to just moral choices that we make—sort of these free um, choices we have to reject God or to to trust Him and, and rely upon Him.
1: Yeah, uh, man. So are are we saying here too that? Um, free, so free will causes things like car accidents, mm. and free will causes things like cancer. Mm. And, or help me i mean i yeah
0: so car accidents could be you could go to sort of moral choices right somebody's in a hurry and so they are being impatient and so they cut in front of you and that causes an accident so that's sort of someone's sort of free will choice to do that right and we're feeling the ramifications of that but something like cancer is different than that right so it's a um it's in sort of philosophical talk it's it's a it's a natural evil as opposed to a moral evil that, that comes about. Okay. Um, and I think when we sort of talk about that, um, and this, this sort of applies to both moral evils or natural evils, is why, so why would God a, a allow those things to happen? And one of the answers to that would be that, that God is allowing this sort of suffering to go on, to, to perhaps alert us to the fact that something isn't right in the world. So if we were to sort of go through life and we had no suffering, uh, and yet that our path was leading us to a very wrong end because we were never alerted along the way that something is not right, um, and God just sort of let that go on and never alerted us at all, he wouldn't be very loving if we ended up in this really bad place. But if along the way he were to put in things that sort of alerted us to the fact that, you know, something's not right in this world, so maybe I need to look to him so uh, things turn turn out good in the end, then then we would say that God is actually even loving for allowing these things to happen. So, you know, one of the examples I like to use is, is that of someone who has leprosy. And if you've ever seen a picture of somebody who, who sort of has advanced leprosy, oftentimes they're missing appendages, um, fingers and toes and Maybe even more than that, because uh, leprosy isn't just a skin disease; it's a nerve disease. And so, the people who have it, they quit feeling. They don't. They don't know. They burn themselves. They don't know. They bump their toe in the middle of the night, or they cut themselves. And because they can't feel, they they aren't alerted to the fact that something's bad has gone on with them. So they don't attend to it, and then they get um, you know diseases that that set in, infections that set in, and eventually they have to have things. Uh, amputated. That's not a good thing. You'd say for the the leper, the best thing would be that they could feel (laughs) the pain and the suffering so that they would uh, uh, take care of of what needs to be attended to and then be made well. And so I think perhaps God allows these things in our world so that we would attend to um, sort of a deeper problem that we
1: might have. So even if we're going off track and not wanting God, let's say. That's why you're saying that hey, maybe there's evil because we've chosen uh, differently than what God would like. Mm-hmm. Even in our so choosing that which is not good, he's allowing suffering because he still loves us, mm-hmm. because he still is trying to get our attention. That's right. Even though in some way we've said no thanks mm-hmm. to him.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. So – uh I think C.S. Lewis at one point in time he he said that you know pain is God's sort of megaphone to, a, a, you know, arouse a, a, a world right so so um, to arouse us to arouse us to him and to to sort of what's gone wrong with us and I you know I think that sort of leads us to the road of, of sort of recognizing that maybe we're not as innocent as we think we are. I think most people think, well, you know, if there is something on the other side, I'm good to go, you know, I'm better than, you know, anybody else and on, on average. And and maybe maybe that's not the case. And maybe God is sort of rattling our cage a little bit to to recognize that we we actually are not in a good place relative to God. And uh and we need to be wake awakened to that before you know, an appendage has to come off, <laughs> or whatever the case, <laughs> sort of metaphorically, a uh, uh, speaking. Yeah.
1: And so, what what would you say is our position? Hmm. Is, I mean, is are you saying everybody's evil?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it's a you know, f- we we tend to look at evil and sort of our position relative to it, and so we look at we look at other people and we say, well, I'm better than my neighbor, I'm better than the guy that I work with, I'm I'm better than average. You know? It's funny how in a lot of different things when they do surveys, everyone thinks they're better than average. <laughs> so. Are you a better than average car driver? Yeah, 95% of people think they're better <laughs> car, than average car driver. So, And so I think we do that with our own lives as well. Like, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll be good to go. And yet, so the biblical response is that, that we all have fallen sh- short. That, you know, perhaps in some ways we are a little better than the guy next to us, but relative to God's standard, we fall sort of enormously short. One of the images that has stayed in my mind for many, many years is if I took, we're in a room right now that has a lot of white walls, and uh, if the thoughts and the actions and the misactions and the, the things I haven't done and that I should have done in the last month were all scripted out on these white walls, I wouldn't be in this room here. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) I I would be like, I would be so ashamed of what's on these white walls here if you know what went through my mind. Now, if I would be ashamed before you by just what's gone through my heart and mind and the things I've done and haven't done in the last month, what makes me think that if I stand before the creator of the universe that I would be good to go? (laughs) So when I look at it that way, I go, oh, boy. Um, I do fall short. And uh, if God needs to wake me up with uh, you know some pain and suffering along the way so that I uh, attend to that which needs to be attended to, then I think it's probably a loving thing of him to do to allow that pain and suffering in my life.
1: So do you see a difference between God allowing and God doing? I mean, mm. does God do evil, bad things? Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't think that God does... E- Evil or bad things. I mean, we could call them evil or bad, right? So, um, I didn't get that job that I wanted. That's you know an evil thing of God to sort of keep that uh, uh, from me. Um, But I do think that He can very much allow sort of bumps along the road to
1: get our uh, attention. So, so what's the difference then between God? So, does God cause car crashes or does God allowing? I mean. What 's the difference between him doing it and him allowing it, yeah yeah, I mean, you could say well if he 's
0: allowing it and he doesn 't have the power to or he has the power to stop it, then he 's sort of still doing it right, so um, you know kind of what we would sort of sort of how we sort of work through the allowing and the sort of what he does, um, if we do sort of go back to the perspective of well, God has the power to sort of stop anything. We're still in, we're, so we're left in that position of, okay, it's all God's responsibility here. Um, and we look at that and we go, I just don't get why God would let that happen. Um, I do think we're going to get to places where we, we just do not know the answer to that question, why God would want something to happen or why he would allow something to happen. But that doesn't mean there's not a good reason behind it still that overriding reason, like the parent taking the child in for a vaccination. So I, I think if I'm playing chess, like, I don't really know how to play chess that well. So I can play it, but I played a lot when I was a little younger as a kid in grade school, but I haven't played in years. So if I played somebody who really knew how to play chess, and they take a couple of moves, and I could look at it all day long and go, I have no idea why they just moved that piece there. Like, what advantage is there to that? And two moves later, it's checkmate, and it's over, right? So I didn't couldn't understand their move, but that doesn't mean there wasn't a good reason for the move, right? And I think that's the case probably with God oftentimes. He's allowing things, or perhaps he's even sort of making things happen, and we might look at it and go, I don't see any value to that move. But just because we don't see value to the move doesn't mean that there isn't value to that that move.
1: So... If I'm understanding you correct, John, what we're getting at, and we're trying to answer this question, why would God allow evil and suffering in the world, uh, there's a lot of mystery to it, Hmm. if I could sum it up. It Hmm. sounds like we have some broad thoughts Hmm. we've shown, you've shown, Hmm. it's not illogical that... God is good and loving and powerful mm. and so mm. forth, and evil and suffering exists. But yet, that doesn't answer really the question. You've thrown out some potential mm. Mm. reasons why he mm. might allow evil and suffering. I'm sure there's a lot more, and mm. you've, you're even saying mm. these are just potentials. We we don't really know on a case-by-case basis why God allows what he allows. And so, this is a difficult question. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult um, from the Christian worldview, mm. but it's difficult for others too, right? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, if you take God out of the picture,
0: you still have evil, right? You may have gotten rid of God, but now you you still have to deal with well, where did we? Where did this evil come from? How do we call it evil? You know, what's our hope in the future? So, um, I think some of the advantages of the Christian worldview is that. One, way we may not know how specific things have happened in our life, we do know generally that evil and suffering sort of are a result of us pushing away from God, rejecting God, and it's his sort of mechanism for alerting us of our need to, to turn to him. So we have a, a sense of origin, like where suffering and evil came from. The Christian worldview gives that. It also gives us a hope that in the future, that God would make things new and right. In fact, he's alerting us to things that have gone wrong so that we actually turn to him so that we can sort of enjoy something better with him down the road. Now, those are things that, that aren't necessarily there uh, for other people. And we also have, as of the Christian story, a, a God who came down and lived within this suffering. And so we have someone who's sympathetic with us. So... In fact, I would say sort of as a last thought on this topic is that one of the things that Scripture does is that it invites us in to take our suffering and to go to God with it. And He welcomes that. He welcomes us, us pouring out our heart and our pain and our suffering because he's, he's been there. He's been in this world and has been a part of that. And So He says, come on, cry on my shoulder, and I'll be there with you.
1: And that's definitely a unique aspect of uh, the Christian answer to this question, as a God who experience and who cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, thank you for joining us today. This is a fantastic conversation. I imagine that we'll have more conversations about this topic because it's such a big topic, but you helped us set the table for some ways to think about it. So thank you for joining me today on the podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast. If you like this conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends. We would love to continue the conversation with you. So if you have a question or a topic you would like to discuss on the podcast, or like us to discuss, I guess, email us, podcast at searchnational.org. And then in the show notes for this podcast, you will find anything we think might be interesting to you, resources, links, so forth, if you're curious about learning more about this topic. So until next time, thanks for listening.